0: Corn and soybeans acted like maybe higher this morning than not so much by the close. Wheat held on to mild gains. Even livestock gave up some ground. And on the subject of livestock, man, traders are antsy about the cash market. Dive from an oatmeal cookie kind of day via Farm Journal broadcast. This is Agra Talk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Phil Conrad from Tradus LLC. Later, Kerry Artec from ArtecAdvisory.com. And right after the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm outstanding guest host, Davis Michelson, in for the vacationing Chip Flory. Uh, Chip, uh, you know, he he said it could happen, and turns out it did. I wonder if it was, if he knew, if he knew all along. He decided to stay in sunny Orlando after Commodity Classic. Apparently, the weather was really nice or something. I don't know. This is what I hear. Um See, and, and the thing is, this is why they never send me anywhere, because they're afraid that I'll just stay there, you know? And I can see, I can understand the lure of uh, of Florida. Heck, my folks are there like six months out of the year. I get it. I get it. That's probably better that they keep me chained to my desk. I... I guess so uh, it's me your pal Davis Michelson. so glad to be here on Agritalk we do have an exciting week an exciting a rich tapestry of uh of shows coming up for you this week uh tomorrow morning we'll actually hear from chip a voice from the not so distant past he put together some conversations at commodity classic which he will uh share with us via memorex or whatever they use i don't probably not even tape involved i don't know Via Memorex sounds a lot more fun to say tomorrow morning. Uh, this afternoon, I've got Phil Conrad from Tradus LLC. I want to talk about what the heck is going on in these markets, of course. Um, get his thoughts. I mean, we got to talk about this banking thing because I, a lot of people are panicking. Um, I don't know what your YouTube feed looks like. Mine can be a little weird. I, I kind of go down some strange rabbit holes, and those folks are freaking out. They think the whole thing is going to cave in. I disagree my guest from this morning disagreed as well. Um, a, a little healthy dissent, differing voices n- never hurt, um, and it is good to be be aware that something's going on. So we'll we'll talk with Phil see if we, see if he can help orient us in there. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know anything about it. It's kind of unfair to to ask him. I'm not even sure if he if he's been keeping track of it. I, I bet he is. Kerry Artek is later on. And right after the news, of course, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. Hope everything's going well for you today. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the news right now where wheat futures surged by double digits early in the session but backed well off session highs into the close. Negotiations began today on a possible extension of the Black Sea grain deal, which is set to expire March 18. That's coming right up. Uh, USDA reported weekly export inspections of 249,000 metric tons for the weekend of March 9. That was down from the previous week and below expectations. May hard red winter wheat futures were two and one quarter cents higher today at eight dollars and one half cent. May soft red wheat gained five and one quarter cents to six eighty four and one half. May spring wheat closed at eight thirty one. That's up six and three quarters today, but again backing well off of double-digit gains uh, during the morning show today uh, to close just, uh, well, I guess mildly to moderately higher. Do you call a nickel? Is that moderate strength? I'm not sure. It was up a little bit. Corn futures started the session chipping away at overnight losses but resumed the downtrend ahead of midday. USDA reported weekly export inspections of 999,000 metric tons for the week ended March 9. That was up 66,000 metric tons from the previous week and near the top end of pre-report trade expectations. After last week's technical damage, bearish momentum is likely to continue until some bullish catalyst excites buying. May corn futures were three and three quarter cents lower, 613 and one half. July corn down three and a half cents, 603. December corn futures closed at 557 and one quarter. That's down one half cent on the day. Soybean futures ended the day posting double-digit losses. Brazil's soybean harvest reached an estimated 53% complete as of Thursday, according to Ag Rural. Harvest efforts rose 10% on the week, but still lag last year's pace of 64% at the same time last year. Once again, this year presently, as of Thursday anyway, we were at 53% compares to 64% on that Brazilian soybean harvest last year. Uh, USDA reported weekly export inspections, 619,000 metric tons for the weekend at March 9. That was up 66,000 metric tons from the previous week and fell within the range of expectations. May beans were 15 and three quarter cents lower, 1491 and one quarter. July beans fell 15 and three quarter cents to 1479. Novi beans closed at 1339 and one quarter, down 18 and one quarter cents today. December cotton, 201 points higher, 82.26. On your livestock, traders viewed last week's cash cattle trade as disappointing, weighing on futures today. It may be a quiet week in the cattle market as traders await Friday's cattle on feed report for direction. April cattle were 72.5 cents lower, 163.55. June live cattle fell 45 cents to 158.20. April feeder futures down 57 and one half cents to 197.07 and one half, and on the snout side, hog futures recovered slightly from hefty early session losses, while the cash index continues to rise. The slow pace is limiting traders' willingness to buy too much premium in nearby futures. April hogs $1.22 and a half cents lower by the close, 82 or 86.22.5. and a half. June was down 17 and a half cents, 1.02 and 60. Let me bring in Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. Jack, uh, we were off to an okay start there, especially in the corn and beans, but uh, everything just sort of fell apart as the day went on. What do you make of it?
1: Well, I think the beans starting to really feel the pressure from South America. Uh, I know the crop sizes are being reduced down there, and in fact, uh, we could have uh, end up between Brazil and Argentina with production very close to what we had last year, which would create a tight situation moving forward. But the harvest is happening now, and uh, Brazilian beans making their way into ports, and I think that really hurt the bean price action here today. I'm sure the banks didn't, uh, the, what's going on with the banks in California and New York didn't really help anything either, but uh, uh, it did, wasn't like it sunk all ships, uh, the Bank situation. So the beans really taking a header, and I believe that's as much on South America as it is on anything going on up here. Uh, just a lack of demand for U.S. beans because everything is slowing south. Mm-hmm. Uh, the corn and the wheat, though, I thought it held rather well. Wheat, obviously, uh, the slow pace of negotiations, really just getting started on extending the grain corridor deal, supporting that market. And I think corn uh, getting a little spillover support from that, but also getting some ideas that uh, – uh, all the bean exports are going down south, so the corn demand is going to have to come up here. And, and there's some there's some truth to that. Uh, to that, so that's a reason to see the corn stabilizing through here.
0: A little stabilization would be good, man. We've been headed lower for too long. Too uh, it's getting too close for comfort for me. Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I appreciate your perspective, <laughs> buddy. Have a great day.
1: All right, you too. Thank you. You bet.
0: Uh, that was Jack Scoville. Uh, we've got Phil Conrad from Tradus LLC. Coming up, uh, we'll talk about the markets, what you need to do about it. We'll talk some big picture stuff. Um, I wonder if he's in the camp. Everybody seems to think, yeah, this this grain export deal thing is a, is a lock. We'll see what his thought is on that. We'll talk about that and oh, so much more. Won't you stick around through these words for more agri talk? Find out whose fence they're perched on today on Agritalk. Who are you calling chicken? Oh, wait, that was me. little interior monologue going on there out over the airwaves. Well, that's really something. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. I'm behind the big green leafy microphone of Agritalk. Hey, I got to bring this to your attention. Enter your bracket today. It's bracket time, bracket time, bracket time enter your bracket today to be part of the 2023 bracket busters challenge presented by the good folks at case ih first prize $1000 the second is 500 third walks away with 250 big ones head to agweb.com right now to fill out your bracket bracket busters challenge 2023 thank you to case ih for being behind that effort should be a lot of fun enter your bracket i don't know who's i, I don't even know who's playing i, I think it's basketball Pretty sure, Phil Conrad, Tradus LLC, standing by. Phil, are you uh, you looking forward to March Madness? I mean, uh, the basketball tournament uh, thing.
4: Yeah, you know, Davis, you were talking about it, and it dawned on me. I have no idea who the one seeds are. I yeah. haven't looked at a bracket yet. You know, it's it's really sad. Thirty years ago, this would have been the first thing on my mind. You know, Sunday night, and now I can't <laughs> even tell you uh, uh, who's playing, what day they start. Yeah, I, mean, I think the real dance starts Thursday. Uh, yeah. No predictions here. No predictions here. If that's what you're oh, that's looking good.
0: for. No, that's good. I actually prefer that because I, you know, you you've confessed you don't know a whole lot about what's going on and who's what, and wh- I I know even less than that. You know, um, I'm predicting. <laughs> I'm predicting in, that in the final group of four competitive teams, there will be someone in blue jerseys. That's about where I'm at. That's as far as I go. I don't even hey, know. Hey, who- that's
4: a that's a fair guess. Really? Okay. All right. well, I don't know. It sounds good.
0: <laughs> it sounds good, right?
4: <laughs> this is this is the way it goes. Uh,
0: you, you did that
2: last year, didn't you? I,
0: uh, I and, did, yeah. And, and then it turned out all four teams had blue jerseys, I think is what happened. Yes, I think that is what happened. Well, yeah. well,
5: if it works, stick with it. Heck
0: yeah. Heck yeah. Gosh, maybe uh, – well, I probably can't win, though, can I? Mm, no, no. That's how they get you. That's how they get you.
4: Conflict of interest Evidently.
0: Evidently. Conflict of disinterest on my part, actually. <laughs> um Phil, I don't I don't know where you want to start here. There's there's an awful lot floating around. You got the grain deal, you got I mean, China is always creeping people out. You've got this banking thing from last week. Uh interest rates are totally up in the air. Um I guess let me just ask you what is at the forefront of your mind? What What is the most important thing right now that, uh, that people are thinking about?
4: You know, if you thought uh, Ukrainian-Russia war was fun last year, let's try out this year with uh, right? all the things you just listed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the banking deal, I think, is very concerning. Uh, and I don't know what effect that ends up happening uh, over to the commodity markets. I do think when you start talking financial uncertainty or, you know, instability there, it does scare everyone. Um, and I Mm -hmm. kind of wrote some stuff this morning I sent out and you know, what, what side of the coin do they play here? Um, if there were to be a bank failure like that and you know, the FDIC and no one steps in and and how all that plays out. I mean, a lot of that's kind of macro market type things, but Mm -hmm. if there were to be a collapse there at some point of another bank, or something along those lines. Do they? I would think, you know, do funds pull out uh, and get more deleveraged here and really shake things out? Mm-hmm. Do they, you know, come back around though and say, hey, we'd rather have money in the commodity world versus somewhere else because at least there's some sort of hard asset backing that. Right. And I think it's probably a combination of both. Um, but to me, that's that's the biggest thing going on is more the financial stuff. I think it trickled over to the markets today. It didn't help anything. Corn was, you know, I'd say quiet. Um, Had some rough early trade followed by some good morning trade and finished off, what, four? That D's corn's been pretty pesky, though, just in a good way, Uh, hanging in that 550, 555 range and not really getting beat on too bad where you look at soybeans. I think we're finally, the funds, uh, you know, this was all those uh, commitment and traders reports are delayed late. Uh, you name it. Um but they were, you know, as long as they have been in soybeans for the year. Mm-hmm. And so assuming some of that held true over the last three weeks, I think you saw a decent chunk kind of pulling out today. And that that's like I said across all markets. I mean yeah. it's I don't want to say a bad day, because uh, mm-hmm. things could have been a lot worse if they if the banks wouldn't have got bailed out or I'm gonna say bailed out for, for easy terms. I know it's not exactly that. Um but mm-hmm. essentially got bailed out say so it could have been a lot worse. So I think all that, and then you start talking the Ukrainian uh, or the you know, Black Sea corridor. Yeah, I think the overall thought process is what the next sixty days they're going to continue with that, and then revisit, assuming you know the West were to lift any sanctions or work with them on their shipping deals. And to me, from what I understand, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, mm. You know, are they going to? shut down the black sea region i i don't know i mean it really doesn't seem like even if they say we're not going to renew this or maybe they do renew it just for the simplicity of things
1: yeah
4: but i you know you start looking at some of this stuff and look at over a year time frame uh russia had record wheat exports in the last year (laughs) Uh, their oil exports grew by 7.6 percent um They've had an account surplus in 2022. Uh, I got one more for you. you know, just kind of general uh, yeah. Russian currency accounts uh, came in at $227.4 and that's up 86% from 2021. So wow. as you know, damaging as that war can be in the Black Sea region needs to continue in some formality, Russia's moving things and they're they're making money and that's just kind of the way the commodity world flows, right? Is it gonna cost more to get to where it needs to go or not? It's still gonna make its way into hands to be fed uh humans' livestock to be used uh in any form it can be. So it's it's an interesting conversation. I think yeah, you know, you put a gun to someone's head, where do we end up at? I mean They keep pushing it back, and there's a reason for that, right? They keep renewing it and saying, "Hey, we're not going to do it until X." So they're getting some value out of it, uh, probably more of a strong arm play, right, to keep a a carrot dangling out there, so to speak, of what they could do if they want to retract it.
0: Well, and I don't, I don't know if we want to go too deep into this or not, but just things are sort of starting to fire in my mind here a little bit. The U.S.'s response to the Russia thing, especially given you know, if you, if you watch the news, you would think that that Russia was just one step out of the poorhouse and it's going terrible for them and our strategy is working. In truth, if if we compare the approach <laughs> to Russia and the Fed's approach to inflation, it's just kind of been lukewarm responses. Let me do just as little as possible. And the, the end result has been, well, we're really not making much ground on either inflation or on uh, on the Russia thing.
5: Davis
4: hammer meets nail right there it's like i just had this conversation with a client this morning you know okay sure we helped uh, svb out and got you know eluded one crisis um
1: mm-hmm.
4: inflation's not slowing down you know whether they do 25 basis points 0 uh 50 whatever it sounds like it's not going to be 50 at this point yeah somewhere in between and so What's going to drop? You know, what industry is going to have the massive fallout uh, due to interest rates being higher? And some of it's just a supply thing, right? I mean, just sheer uh, ability to get what we need causes inflation. You're talking, what, food inflation? I think they said it's projected at 7.8 or something. Well, uh, what, month over month, uh, normal inflation. And don't quote me on this, but somewhere around five is where they're projecting for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. so yeah food's more expensive well you have to eat it so that probably doesn't uh, fall out right is it homes is it cars you know you could make an argument at what six to eight percent interest uh are you really going to buy a used vehicle yeah probably not but it seems like they're moving pretty well i mean they're still pretty highly priced for yeah. uh high interest rates too so it just just doesn't seem like anything's willing to crack and yeah. so that's kind of the interesting uh thing with this whole pending recession it seems like we've been talking about for what 18 months now
0: yeah yeah well and i mean you you can't learn to ride a bike without falling off the sucker a couple of times i mean there there's gonna have to be an elbow or a knee or god forbid even a chin scraped on probably inflation and probably on the the russia situation here um and it just seems like we're putting it off hoping that this is these will be soft situations, and neither of these are soft situations because they're both very meaningful to people's everyday lives, yeah?
4: Oh, 100%, and I think, you know, in the event we have a big recession coming up, um, Mm -hmm. which I think I read somewhere, you know, there's actually negative money flow I don't really exactly know what that means, Davis, but yeah. um, I was reading through and they were talking about that. And that's only happened, you know, six or seven times throughout history. Sounds and it really bad. causes a pretty massive recession. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you you throw that in there. Uh, could it be bad? What's that do to the commodity markets? I mean, yeah. again, well, I, I wouldn't think it's bullish. Um, yeah. But at the same time, people need to eat, too.
0: Indeed. Bill Conrad is my guest. Man, we're off to a great start. Um, we're going to zero in on some market stuff and see what we can we can find out there. Your pal, Davis Michelson, please, won't you stick around through these words. We'll be right back with more AgriTalk.
3: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
0: Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Negotiations began today between UN officials and the Russian deputy foreign minister on a possible extension of the Black Sea grain deal. That's up for renewal on March 18. Fallout from Friday's collapse of Silicon Valley Bank may cause the Fed to end its aggressive monetary tightening cycle sooner than expected. Goldman Sachs now predicts the Federal Reserve will not raise interest rates at its March meeting. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said on Sunday that the U.S. government was working closely with banking regulators to help depositors at SVB, but dismissed the idea of a bailout, saying the situation is different from the 2008 financial crisis. And hey, Argentina is expected to receive rains in the drier areas later this week and again next week, but World Weather Inc. says any improvement in topsoil moisture will come slowly. News of notice taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. That number once again, 855-482-552, followed by the number 4, Agritalk. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. A phenomenal conversation going on with Phil Conrad. Uh, before we get back to it, here's how the markets performed today. My, uh, May hard red winter wheat futures two and one quarter cents higher, eight dollar and one half cent. May soft red wheat gained five and one quarter to six eighty four and one half. May corn futures were three and three quarter cents lower at six thirteen and one half. December corn futures closed at five fifty seven and one quarter, down one half cent on the day. May soybean futures were fifteen and three quarter cents lower, fourteen ninety one and one quarter. November beans closed at 1339 and one quarter down 18 and one quarter cents December cotton 201 points higher 82.26. Livestocks April fat cattle 72 and one half cents lower 163.55 April feeder Futures down 57 and one half cents to 19707 and one half and April lean hog futures, 1.22 and one half cents lower at 8622 and one half. That's your quick market recap. Uh, Before we get back to Phil, here, hey, did I mention? Enter your bracket today. Be part of the 2023 Bracket Busters Challenge. Thanks to the uh, good folks at Case IH. First prize, $1,000. Second, 500, third, $250. Head to agweb.com. Bracket Buster Challenge presented by Case IH. Get there right now and fill out your bracket. Okie dokie. Phil Conrad, Um Tradus LLC. All right, we we started with a very broad conversation here. Can we – I don't know if this is fair to do to you or not, dude. I don't know how much you know about the energies markets or anything like that, but I'm looking at the front month crude. Well, the front couple down uh, 230 in change. The April contract at 74, May – seven. I mean, we're at 74, clear out to the August. Um I kept thinking that there was going to be strength in crude oil and – there's not, and I wonder how much of that, in your reckoning, is, is leaking over into the, uh, the grain and soy markets.
4: Uh, I think quite a bit, I believe, and I'm trying to find it. Soy oil had a pretty tough day as well. Yes, it did. Um, along with soybeans. I think all that, in my opinion, is fund liquidation. Uh, I think you know, there, there were long a lot of those markets, trying to roll out of them, get repositioned, um, and crude – You know, really, I know we're not closed yet. uh, We're holding some support here. uh, Just kind of hanging in where we've had some of these previous last three dips in 2023. So maybe we get a bounce off this back to the $80, $81 type level.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: Crude, you know, they keep saying there's a bullish story there to be had throughout the summer. And that could definitely be a catalyst if there is to uh, grain prices staying more supportive. But overall, crude weakness has got to be tied to just the global economy Yeah, you know, this bank deal doesn't mm-hmm. just stop in the u.s right we're all kind of tied together in such a global global world so to speak yeah. um and so that just shutters things everyone's a little nervous um and you had the talk all weekend so you play you have too much time to doomsday yourself to, to death essentially right so all that spilled over today and honestly there's probably uh in one in one way of looking at this is it could be a whole heck of a lot worse um so Crude yeah. was down four four and a half bucks here on the open this morning. So, it's we've stopped some of the bleeding. Where we go from here, as we set the trend into the rest of the weeks, probably more important than looking at you know, the one day snapshot where you got funds trying to roll out of things and get uh, maybe a little bit less leveraged here.
0: Yeah, um, you know if we if we rewind the tapes a couple of months, China reopens that was going to fix everything that had that i think that was the you know the big thing where all oh, china's reopening pff, crude's going to a hundred bucks uh, this is you know this is going to be a panacea for us this is going to fix everything and in fact the opposite has happened since then any thoughts on on why
4: not really to be honest with you don't you know the whole china thing is going to get real interesting right um yeah not exactly like we're on great terms with each other and it seems like we kind of keep probing that taiwan area yeah um, you know what kind of uh type of war is going to get started and not necessarily a boots on the ground war but -hmm. are they positioning themselves to be long food type things long feed stuff um -hmm. you know everything else energy wise and they're probably getting a glut of their you know, say oil from Russia too, uh, in any form or fashion. I mean, they've kind of buddied up with Russia, and so you're yeah. creating some alliances on the world stage that eventually are going to play themselves out, whether we want them to or not. Chip um, shortages, et cetera. I think the whole the whole pendulum is going to get really interesting, and you hate to say over the next two to three years because that's a long time. Yeah. But I think you just look at look at history. Every hundred every hundred years, we have some sort of massive conflict. Um, and every conflict's going to look a little bit different. So, uh, if, as long as it's not in the form of nukes, we'll be here to talk about it. But uh, yeah. not to be yeah. a doomsdayer, I mean, it is, it is Monday and we got to keep right. our spirits high. <laughs> there's a lot of week left. So, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's always the fear, right? That's Everyone's going to go to that. I think, yeah, I hope the, the world's all smart enough for it not to. But there's going to be conflict and there's going to be some reorder structuring fights going on of who the real global power is. And a lot of that probably boils down to technology and technology information. But I hate to say it and go back to it. Everyone's still got to eat and we're still a very, very reliable source mm-hmm. of grains. Um, and South America has became more reliable. You know, their crops shrinking, it seems like, every day down there. But it's still a burden uh, to the global markets, especially on the soy side of things. That's all, I guess, you know, you look at the bean market to kind of pivot on you, Davis, but yeah, if i'm and I've been telling clients here, I'm not necessarily worried uh, about the bean market's action. Now, it has been pretty bloody on new crops for the last five trading sessions, but mm-hmm. it would seem to me there's more of a a fundamental bullish picture to be had uh, in the bean market today. In the corn market, and you have the ever exciting March intentions report staring us down the face in about what 17 days, roughly yep. 18 yep. days. Um, I mean, my general talk to guys is A, hey, most are raising a lot more beans than corn or corn than beans. Um, so, hey, in the next two weeks, we got to really make some decisions whether we're either selling, say, 560 type corn on new crop. Mm-hmm. Or are we put in some sort of floor underneath it to get, you know, 30 to 45 days out. Let some of the growing season see if we don't get some of those rallies. Uh,
3: yeah,
4: I told a client this is completely different to a certain degree, but the spring of 19, uh, around this time, we were trading 370 and, and weather was pretty good. And look what happened then. We went to 450. Yeah, and I don't, you know, are we going to 650 at some point? It would seem unlikely. But we haven't killed this crop, and we haven't got a firm handle on planting it either, especially in the snowpack Dakotas. I feel for those guys up there. Uh, what another foot it sounded like in parts of South Dakota.
5: Yep. They
4: need the moisture, but God willing, it stops coming in the form of snow.
0: Right, right. Well, and I I think it's astute of you to uh, to bring up the weather because we're we're going to be we're going to be tilling soil and planting into weather patterns that are extremely uncertain right now where it sounds like yeah everybody's pretty sure we're gonna transition from a la Nina into an El Nino but during the transition we don't know what that looks like and then we don't know when that happens um it almost kind of feels like this crop is is gonna go one way or the other it's either the bins are either going to be exploding or, it's going to be, well, we'll have to see if the good areas outweigh the bad areas. Man, this is rough out here.
4: I think you're always going to have the haves and have-nots when it comes to weather. Um, but you look at it and say, I think CWG is calling for maybe a nicer start to, to April for most of the Midwest. Um, but you flip side, the Delta and Ohio Valley are going to stay wet. And, I, you know, the Dakotas, if this snowpack, I mean, there's a lot of snow up there. Uh, with more moisture kind of projected to come in the next two weeks across, you know, I call it the western, northwestern corn belt. So Mm -hmm. there, I mean, we talk about it now, they're going to get it planted. Uh, You don't worry about that, but does it get delayed? And I think the flip side, the bearish side of the coin to that, and I hope, you know, I hope the markets get excited because that's what you want. You want a a rally to something to sell and uh, feel good about. I think a lot of people would tell you after the last couple years of planting some stuff late or getting hailed off, et cetera, our hybrids and farming practices are fairly resilient uh, to late planted things to still raise a pretty good crop. Um, It's not going to be great. It's not going to break any bends if we're uh, planted late, but it's still going to be a good crop and a good crop in this environment Uh, adds to carry out and you start talking, it's not going to take much at 92, 93, 94 million acres of corn uh, to really balloon this balance sheet from, i call it a 1.3 to a one 1.8, one 1.9. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will, you know, hopefully not a uh, 2 billion plus, plus handle on the corn balance sheet. And that's pretty detrimental to corn prices. Uh, 2013 was kind of similar action from a price standpoint. We ground lower kind of the entire spring uh, you hope you don't see it. There's going to be ebbs and flows, but you got to be a seller on rallies, uh, and just be, you know, content knowing if the market does explode, you're still at uh, profitable levels here, and you're still going to plant a crop in 2024. And so I've just been pushing guys. Eventually, we got to keep, we got to be sellers, even though maybe this isn't the market we had hoped for for right. uh, whatever May or March 13th.
0: Phil, um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us off there. Man, I really enjoyed this conversation. How do people get in touch with you if uh, if they want to know more about you?
4: Uh they can call me at 402-858-7529 or reach out to us on any social media platform at Trade Us LLC.
0: Outstanding. Trade Us LLC. Phil, uh really great conversation, man. I I sure appreciate you being uh, I, I appreciate your candor. And being willing to speculate just a little bit and to speak freely, and some some good horse sense advice too on the markets here. I appreciate you, buddy Phil Conrad. Everybody,
4: thanks a bunch, Davis. Have a good day.
0: You bet. You too, pal. Uh, we got Kerry Artech coming up round the bend here. uh... Man, let's let's see what he's got to say about all of this. It's your pal Davis Michelson here. So glad to be with you on Agritalk. Stick around through these words, please. And you are thinking in the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking we're here all day.
5: Agritalk.
0: In fact, we're here right now. And hey, guess what? So are you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Your pal, Davis Michelson. Great conversation there with Phil Conrad from Tradeus LLC. That's Trade US LLC um some some terrific thoughts right now let me bring in Carrie Artek from our good afternoon carrie how's everything
5: pretty good davis thanks for yeah. having me how you do how you doing super awesome it's going to be a great week do you do you feel
0: it is it just me do you feel it it's like it's going to be a great week
5: yeah i th- i th- i'm i'm on board with you there i think it's going to be a great week
0: there you go analyst prediction right there that's <laughs> What what other uh, what other items are you analyzing for us this week, Carrie?
5: Well, it's going to be May corn, May soybeans, May wheat, the grains all the way down, right up, down the line.
0: Okay, well, let's start with May corn.
5: All right, May corn. I, I did make corn. Uh, covered it actually a week ago on your show. Um, Six seventeen was a big level. We closed right at it, <clears throat> so kind of inconclusive. I mean, this market looks like it wants to head south, but I'm not in that camp yet. Unless we close Friday below 620 and three quarter by a 1% margin. That is a six-month channel bottom that we just keep trading around. And it actually may absorb. I know we're trading below it right now. And in fact, we close below 614 half today, 613 half. Uh, but you know, it's a long week. And we'll see how the weekly chart pans out. If we close 614 half or lower on Friday then we enter a meaningful sell signal that should over the next two to three months, possibly in as little as three to five weeks by the end of April, depending on volatility uh, uh, to reach and test 5.56 and a quarter. So if we close 6.14 half or lower on Friday, 5.56 and a quarter becomes our next big picture objective that if tested over the next few months can absorb selling through the rest of the year. And we can come off of there nicely, summer rally and everything off of the 5.56 and a quarter level. Now it's a bit of a moot point If we don't close at six fourteen half or lower, in fact, if we close any day this week above six twenty and three quarter, I think the writing is on the wall that this market can rally nicely into later week, and then closing the week at six fourteen half or higher, like. No sell signal, and certainly above 620 and three quarter, that's an actual sign of strength as we Mm -hmm. then move into April trade. I think 677 even would be in reach over the next month or two, say by May expiration. If we close above 620 and three quarter any day this week, certainly on Friday, 677 even likely within a month or two, where we can top out through spring. On to May soybeans, they are easing south. They have not yet tested this week a couple weeks ago they tested long-term support presently 1480 half so 14.80 half May soybeans finds a, a floor of support that can absorb selling into May expiration. And from there we can rally over the next three to five weeks by the end of April to five to 15.52 and a quarter, where we find a sort of a, a midterm ceiling that just might contain buying into May expiration. Now, if we close the week Friday below 14.80 half, then we have a meaningful sell signal into May expiration. I would expect 14.29 and a quarter within about two to three weeks. And by May expiration, even would be in reach uh, and that would be about it to the downside. So 14.80 half meaningful pivot point for the May contract into its expiration. We are trading above it now. So that is a floor of support that can contain selling into expiration. And finally, May wheat. May wheat entered a sell signal a few weeks ago below 7.11 even. It remains heavy into May expiration below 711 even. In fact, the broader market over the next three to five months, which would include, of course, the July contract, could slip into the 575 even to 595 even area. I hold that as a three to five month target below 711 even. But if we close back above 711 even at the end of the week, that neutralizes that sell signal. And with that, I think 778 and a quarter would be in reach within a matter of three to five weeks of closing back above 7.11 even. 7.78 and a quarter will be a significant test through spring. May well contain spring buying pressures. We could fall off from there. And if we were to close in the coming weeks or a couple of months above 7.78 and a quarter, 8.87 even then expected within two to three months. But we're a long way from that. We are below 7.11 even. That is our ceiling and below which The upper $5 area would not surprise me here over the next three to five months. and I think that pretty much rounds it out today, Davis.
0: Okay. Um, you're still doing the two-week free trial, right, at rtecadvisory.com?
5: I uh, have been for years, yes.
0: Outstanding. That's uh, Kerry R-Tech, Take advantage of a two-week free trial. Uh, really smart dude. He, uh, he can probably help you out in ways you, you don't even understand just yet. Rtecadvisory.com. Thanks, Carrie. Have a great week, buddy. It's going to be a good
5: one. You too, now. Bye. Take care. Woo-hoo. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. Um, just... Well, you know what? We got, I got a little housekeeping to do, but first I've, I've been teasing, uh, fertilizer prices. I've got just a couple of minutes to do it. I did the numbers. Um, I'm going to have to recheck these. Is, is anhydrous off 90 bucks this week? Can that be right? 1122.63 between, uh, Iowa and Illinois. That's, that's according to my numbers here. I'm going to check them again, but, uh, lower in anhydrous, lower on DAP, lower in MAP hot ash is down is not a big surprise there we're seeing um liquid nitrogen uan both 28 and 32 percent down 28 percent down uh 15 bucks on the week 32 percent down 38 dollars so right now i've got uan 28 percent according to usda priced at 550 89 32 percent at five forty nine sixty seven. that makes 28 percent still overpriced um and no surprise as it dropped uh about half as much as 32 percent did on the week. About the same story last week too, as I recall. Urea uh, down uh, 1950, call of 20 bucks lower. 678.25. There's there's been some pressure on the wholesale markets in the fertilizers. Man, we may continue lower here. I was about ready to. I was half expecting a bounce when I uh, when I did the most recent numbers. Looks like we're still lower. All told, our nutrient composite index fell almost 100 points. 1094.42 42 uh looks looks pretty good across the fertilizer space uh ruby red up just slightly lp is is down four cents so uh there we go we'll have we'll have more on this and i'm gonna recheck that anhydrous number really okay uh a little housekeeping tradis llc t-r-e-d-a-s llc tradis llc the website Tradus.com. That's go, TRDAS.com com. Thanks to Phil Conrad. Uh, great conversation. Thanks to Jack Scoville and, of course, Kerry Artec. Tomorrow morning, uh, something of a chip clip show. He's uh, got some highlights from Commodity Classic to offer up. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, please tune in for that and check it out for uh, Big Apple Joe Stackler and myself, the handsome guest host, Davis Michelson. Have a great day. AgriTalk. AgriTalk.